Right, what's cracking lovely people? Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, the podcast about nutrition, movement and outdoor experiences. I'm your host as always, Matt Gardner. And if you found this episode, you're probably a loyal listener. So thanks very much. This is a bit of a bonus. I haven't spoken too much about it on social media and things like that. So well done. And yeah, thanks for listening. It's really good to bring you the show. I really enjoy having these conversations with guests, but today it's a little bit different. I'm actually going live on Instagram with a friend, a chap called Panu, a personal trainer. He's got some brilliant videos on Instagram as well, so I'll make sure everything you need is in the show notes. I actually jumped on his Instagram live, so um, without further ado, I hope you enjoy it. To learn the basic principles of, of nutrition, right? But how do we apply these things? How do we get people to be engaged and actively take control of, of their life from a nutrition standpoint? Yeah, definitely. That that's it because obviously there's there's so much nutritional noise out there, and and I think it's fantastic more people talking about what they're eating, how they're feeling, um. But ultimately, when when you end up working with a, a nutrition coach or a nutrition practitioner, if it's a sports nutritionist, a dietitian, a nutritional therapist, whatever it is, um, you know, you you're you're keen on figuring out how to use all of these different tools building your nutritional toolbox, co-creating it with a practitioner like myself. And then obviously you have to get up, you have to eat, you know, you're performing every day, not just in in terms of uh, athleticism. A lot of people follow you for all of the things you do in, in that side of things for training, um, but just for life too. And obviously a lot of people I speak to are foodies. You know, we, we're always hungry. We're always thinking about foods and um, people that probably follow you, that follow me. So you, ha- you have to figure out what you're going to do on a daily basis. 100% definitely. Right mate, well, look, without further ado, what I'd like to do is just get straight into it because to be honest, your your topic has been really popular. Loads of people send questions in, so I just want to try and cover as much as I can of the things that have been sent in. Yeah, far, so far away. Some of the questions that I've prepared for you, now these are the ones obviously I'm going to be interested in, but I also feel that might be helpful just for everyone, right? Sure. So the first question, what are some top food tips that you would give to someone trying to reduce their caloric intake? Yeah, brilliant question. Uh, I had a bit of a think about this before, before obviously we came on, and um, you could probably consider the, the energy density of foods is, is, a, is a really good one, and, and how to support satiety is, is, is another really good one. So obviously, if you're interested in uh, eating and, you, and you're a foodie and, and you like big portions, and you're considering how you know how can I how can I keep that but manage calories? Then energy density is an interesting one, and that basically means obviously how how many calories per gram are in something. Something you've probably communicated with people before. So it could be simple food swaps. It could be considering uh, the vegetables, for example, that grow above the ground. They're generally lower in energy den- energy density. You know, h- higher in some of these things. Like, like fiber and because you have to chew them break down the plant cell walls all that kind of stuff they're going to empty you know your stomach slower so so things that you have to chew they're going to take time to digest that might have more volume but 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 a lower in energy density could be could be quite interesting to start with and then from a satiety point of view um we we know that that protein signals the brain to feel fuller for longer so I think off the bat, if you're considering keeping portion size, um, looking at the energy density of foods and making some food swaps, 
and then considering the amount of protein that you're putting into meals. Again, most protein-rich foods you have to chew. You know, you can't just swallow them quickly with water. You have to chew them. You have to take your time. Um, and, and then when you take your time over, over meals and you are putting a useful protein source on the plate and foods that are obviously lower in energy density but potentially higher in, in, in some of these components that, that will help slow down uh, the, the, the basically the process that, that's coming, you know, the food's coming out of your stomach, this gastric emptying, you know, that, that might make you feel fuller for longer, which ultimately keeps you satisfied and then you're potentially eating less calories as a result. So what, so to really simplify things, what I'm, what I'm taking away from that is you technically don't have to, in terms of the volume of food you eat, it's not necessary for you to drastically reduce that. It's just about being aware of, like you said, the, the density of, uh, or the, cal- the calorie density of certain foods, right? Yeah, I think so. It, it all comes down to just being prepared. And like you said there, if someone's considering... The amount they're eating, they're, they're considering body compositional change or what it, whatever it is. Why, you know, why not um, write something down or consider what you're eating at the moment, what your portion sizes are generally like, and then if you are going to make some food swaps, that's the perfect place to start. Looking at the, the the energy density of foods and making some simple swaps. I know you've talked about using lighter meals and things like that, swapping high fat for low fat, those kind of considerations, you know, do, just do a bit of prep and do a bit of thinking and that, that's a high impact place to start. Fantastic. And just, just to touch again on the point that you said about um, having to physically chew your food and like, I think that's one thing that from talking to my clients is, is something that is missed out that can be really key when we're trying to, I guess, manage our calories. Just the, the awareness around eating itself, you know, like how, how many people do you know what have, have you ever done it when you've been sat in front of a TV, for example, sat doing work and you've been eating and you're not really mindful of how much you're eating, how you're feeling, whether you're full, whether you're not full, you know, those types of things. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a fascinating area um, and I actually had a really good conversation with a, a chap that I was working with recently about um, what, what foods to consume first on the plate. I don't know if it's something you've ever communicated to your audience but again on that on that point of uh, say say you've got a balanced plate of food you've got a clear protein source whatever it is if it's uh meat fish eggs or you, you know you might be eating your, your beans peas chickpeas lentils etc um and and then you've got a starchy carbohydrate source on there let's just say your potatoes or something with with some nice flavors maybe some cheese or some butter or things that are you know very tasty uh, or it could even be chips and then say you've got a few veggies, you know, you're trying to eat well, you've got a couple of portions of vegetables on the, on the plate, whatever they are. Um, if being mindful is one, like you said, chewing your food, great. Um, putting your cutlery down, engaging in conversation if there's someone there, slowing the pace of your meal. But if you're actually eating the, the protein source first, the vegetables that grow above the ground first, you're chewing those, they're the ones that are going to support satiety. So if you leave the... the in quotes, tastiest, the chips, the starchy carbohydrate, whatever it is on the plate near to the end, the thing that you would usually go and get another portion of, you might you might start to, you know, put the train on the tracks towards the satiety factor, the feeling fuller for longer. So even deciding on uh, the order of the food you eat on the plate is it's a fascinating area, mate. And it's something that I had a, had quite good results with working working with a chap recently who couldn't 
you know, couldn't quite get a handle on on portion size and portion control. That's really interesting. I've, I've never actually thought about it that way, but yeah. I've never thought of the order of food in which I eat from my plate. It's, uh, you know, from, from a pure foodie standpoint, and obviously when, th- when things are mixed, when you're going out and things like that, eventually when we can, it's, it's not easy to do. But I think in the current circumstances, when we've got a lot of, hopefully a lot of control over our food environment. And this is the thing that it comes back to me. If there's, if there's a process in place and, and you're putting a dietary intervention in place, you're discussing mindful eating. Some of these things may be very deliberate like that. They may not last forever, but obviously you're hoping they don't last forever, but, but they're, they're tools, again, that might help someone um, in, in that moment of time. So, of course, I'm not recommending people do that all the time, but it's, 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 a, it's a cheeky thing to, to certainly think about. No, definitely. I, you know what? I think I'm going to try and implement that tonight. Yes. So, moving on, right? So, the second question I wanted to ask you is, what, what advice would you give someone trying to improve just their general um, quality of the diet? But they might not be sure where to start. You know, you know they might, they, like, you know, they might accept that they started uh, or they, they currently don't have the best of diets, and you know, they're just looking to improve it. Like, where, where would you suggest someone start? Excellent question. Yeah, again, I think, uh, I think di- diversity of foods is 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 king there. So. Um, it goes without saying, if someone's taking a bit more control on their nutrition and, and they're organising the things that go on their on their plate and in their snacks, if they're making them by hand, ideal, you know. But if not, if they're buying, if they if they don't quite have the capabilities to cook and from scratch and all that kind of stuff, that's absolutely fine. Obviously, we have to work with wherever people are at, and you know, the the the, the more the more of a, a range of foods, especially some of these these plant plant based foods. You know our fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, things like that. If you can just find a variety, if you can find different colours, a great one to do, mate, would be piece of paper. You know we're we're quite similar in that sense. Instead of always using your phones, and you could just literally create thirty boxes, okay? And every time you consume a different food, um, it doesn't have to be a different colour all the time, but you know a different food, especially if it's a plant-based food, that we know has a really high nutrition density so that's another thing i'll explain in a second you know that that's an excellent place to start and you could just tick each one off and try to work towards that you might not get 30 in a week that's a lot but it's something to to build up to so that could be fruit portion for a snack that could be you know adding an extra vegetable that grows above the ground to your evening meal you know grabbing a different type of snack like a handful of nuts or putting something else into your breakfast or on top of your breakfast meal. So I think the, the diversity there is and the colour are the kind of two takeaways for me. I think colour is like a really a really good starting point because it's quite it's quite an easy way of, of, of tracking, right? In terms, you know, just finding different colours and just exploring, right? Like I mean no one, um, certainly myself anyway, no one started off knowing all of these things, knowing you know what foods to eat or like what nutrients, and to some extent I still don't. But what I try and focus on is just having different vibrant colours on my plate, and that's something that I actually learned from you a while back, and it has really helped. Mm, and of course, you know we're we're learning more and more about this stuff, and even even people like myself that are working in it every day, you know, I'll often have to of course look things up, use nutrition software, look at other people's useful infographics on Instagram and things, but 
Um, mate, the, the, you know, the, the power, the power of real food without, you know, going too deep down into that rabbit hole. Of course, you're not going to be ticking off nutrients and um, daily requirements and things like that there. But these these plant chemicals, the terms polyphenols, um, you know, even though the, 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 the calorie content of these are very low, so the energy density is very low, the nutrition density is, is high. So that's something to consider. So the quality of the diet, if we're moving slightly away from, from the macro side of things, I know we might get into that, but you know, the, the micro side and then some of these plant chemicals in the, in the things you were talking about there, the colorful fruits, vegetables and things, you know, the, these, these could produce some really small variable benefits for your health. Um, and and it, yeah, it's, it's an exciting area and you can just move through whatever you like. You know, for example, half a red pepper will give you your, your recommended amount of vitamin C in a day. Put that into a stir fry and you're already, you know, you're already starting to, to, to move forward there. And there's different colored peppers, so they all count. That, that could be three of your 30 if you did a green, a red, and a yellow in a week, you know? It's great. So, so it seems like, just to tie the first, the first question and the second question together, if someone is kind of, I guess, looking to lose weight, you know, they're, they're trying to reduce their caloric intake, they're also trying to just, in general, better their diet, just by, by the process of picking out whole foods, you know, whole unprocessed foods, you know, going through these processes, you will ultimately not only get um, loads of nutrients or like at the bang for your butt, but also also you would reduce your caloric intake by default as well, right? Yeah, I believe so. And that and that's certainly in my experience and and probably in your experience, mate, that 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 really is the case. And I think that's that is a perfect place to start. Um, and and I don't see how you're not you're not going to get benefits because on a health level you're ticking the box, you know, which is fantastic. Um, on a on a performance level, I'm sure you're going to feel better, um, and and then obviously on a body compositional level, if that if that's something that that you can start to just get into your routine and making those swaps and and doing that food first approach after three four weeks or so, you know you you may you may you may start to look different, feel different. No, I couldn't agree with you all, mate. Honestly, um, so just coming away from from those topics a little bit now, just the first differently how would you go about figuring out a nutrition strategy for someone that um, or for sports performance let's put it like so what are the key things that you would think about perhaps depending on type of sports and stuff i'll let you i'll let you dive into it yeah again you got you got some crackers today Uh, i think i think from my from my experience because because i'm 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 so passionate around exercise as well and, and and we've obviously worked together in that environment and Maybe I'm maybe I'm slightly different, but I I will want to know obviously the training demands imme- immediately. So say we've got out of the way that you know the lifestyle factors. I've understood someone's life load, um, understood you know of course health history and and work demands and all those kind of things. Say all say all that's that's sorted, and then we understand the training program. So for yourself, Anna, you might have various sessions through the week. Um, you know you say you've got your weightlifting, your running. Um, and then you might do some of your range of movement stuff. I'll then consider, okay, you know, what what's the hard and fast stuff? What's high intensity, um, or or what's uh, something that's going on for a longer duration? So say I don't know, you you go for quite a hard run for an hour one day. Another day you might be lifting weights, but the intensity is quite low because you're filming videos between it. You're taking lots of rest. 
Yeah, and then and then and then that and then that final day, you know, is kind of in the middle. You know, you might be doing a bit uh, some interval based stuff. It's not too long. It's hard, but you're you're working on technique or something. So you so you could kind of come up with a bit of an approach where you've got a low, medium to high day, and for me that that's where I I could then potentially change the the total and the type of kind of carbohydrates and fats that someone's consuming in foods. I would try to keep the protein intake quite consistent. So that wouldn't really change. So say if we'd had a conversation about amount of protein, what you're putting on your plate, when, that will stay consistent through through each day. And then I would try to have the conversation with you about how we're going to influence the, the types of foods in terms of the carbohydrates and the fats, depending on the output that day. So we would we would maybe dial things up on the day where you've got that run, that intense run for the hour, but then on on the other day where you're doing your your weightlifting, um, but there's there's significant rest periods and and it's it's not particularly long. It might be 20 25 minutes. We we might influence the type of the carbohydrates and, and fats in there. And for me, that you know that's the place to start. That's that's the launch pad really. training adaptations but say if you're just fueling for performance then we you know we still know that carbohydrates are king and it's important if you're going on that longer run or cycle or you're doing something endurance based i'd like to see you have decent energy levels in your muscles your liver and and ultimately that's that's where all your carbohydrates go so say it could be a handful of sweets or it could be a piece of broccoli it's all going to break down and go to the same place. So, you know, you'll store that in your muscles, anything with fructose in it. So, so, so fruit, sugar, um, things with fructose on packets, that will go to your liver. So, I, so I, I'd quite like if you went out on your longer run, say if it's uh, mid-morning or something on that day, I'd be thinking, what are you having for dinner the night before? What are you having for breakfast the morning of? And how can you enter that session with with good levels of carbohydrates with energy in those stores and then obviously it's a slightly different conversation if the session goes longer than an hour hour and 20 we we know that topping up with carbohydrates over that period of time will will support performance will reduce perceived exertion fatigue will increase endurance um you know fluid levels things things like that so these so these are really good conversations um and and i think obviously from a fat intake level, we we know that fat's obviously very calorie dense. So if if you're someone like yourself who's training quite a lot, we're we're almost looking to to recover basically straight away because you need to fuel for your next training session. You know, a day or two days after. So I'm, I might not recommend fat based foods straight away, but I know if I'm including more fat based foods on on that day, I I can help put the calories up to, to basically, you know, restock and and refuel energy, because obviously our fat stores are energy too, um, ready for 
things things coming down the line you know further further sessions happening so i'm always thinking fueling yes but then you almost you're recovering and fueling for for the next bout over the next the next x amount x amount of days yeah so we're looking a little bit further into the, the distance rather than just the i guess the next the session by session approach right yeah so 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 if, so if someone's going uh, a, a longer a longer distance then we know you know hydration is 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 really important um that you know that that's going to obviously support things obviously from an energy level point of view and a perceived exertion point of view and depending on the temperature if we're going to be going into spring summer and things like that and people are s- sweating significantly you know that that can often affect affect people's performances and they, they might need to stop um so some people not everyone might might suffer from cramping um, but if you are, if you're someone that's quite performance minded and you're looking to um, top top a, an online leaderboard or, or beat your own personal PB, we, we still know that the carbohydrates are, are important for, you know, for the ability to do that if you're moving for up over an hour and a half, two hours. So I think just being consistent, being consistent with a fueling strategy that works for you prior and then topping up obviously during the session as as the duration goes on, um, and and making sure you've got intervals that that work well for you to to take on the food and the drink because we know that if you are consistent with that it will help performance and the people that do have these uh, sugar crashes or low energy or things like that they they might just be a bit too sporadic with their fueling they might take something small in when they're feeling it but but not quite enough. And then if they have taken that in, they probably need to chase it with a little bit more as as that, you know, that that run or that cycle or whatever it is uh, continues. But but then they're not quite feeding themselves enough, giving themselves enough fluid consistently to keep the performance up. So it's, it's, a, it's a really it's a really interesting area. I know I know I kind of moved around a few things there, but no, I don't know no, Yeah, definitely, definitely, and and I think the you know the gut and the absorption and things like that is 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 ultimately um, it, it is individual, but we, we do we do know there's a bit of science around obviously amounts that we can consume. So if you if you do want to go down that road, we can. But I think you're you're totally right. If anyone's listening to this and they have an event coming up or a competition or or as things are opening up, you know, with with some of the some of the restrictions lifting and things like that, and and they're going to be doing some of these events and they're going to be competing then it's really worth practicing your 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 nutrition and and there's nothing wrong with doing it you know handfuls of times before the actual day and then having the same dinner the night before the same breakfast the same snacks you know running in the same kit what what or you know moving in the same in the same kit at the same times you know these these things will will really help and if you want to call it the athlete's gut, it, it is a fascinating area because I've, I, you and I have both worked with people who are probably, yeah, you know, I can't eat for a few hours before I get quite funny, and then over time, you I get pra- quite yeah, you, you 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 practice it, 
um, and then and then you know you, you can adapt you can adapt and, and I think it's just trying different 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 modes of, of getting getting it in mate there's there's liquid you know there's something I call semi-solid so that's something that's that's got moisture that might be easier to swallow and then obviously what's, what's an so anything, so I think where people sometimes might go wrong, if they're, if they're trying to, you know, go a food first approach and avoid some of these sports nutrition products, or um, I don't know, they're, 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 they're using these bars or they're making their own bars or whatever, these solid bits of food, um, you, you need moisture. If it's too dry, it's really hard, obviously, to get down, especially if you're on the move. So something I just call semi-solid is something that just has, has more moisture in it. So, okay. um, you know, it could, it could just be something like, uh, you, you, you might, you might be able to take on a bit of fruit, like uh, a banana that you've slightly mashed up or something like that. You know, some, oh, something okay. that's homemade, there's, there's some of these kind of, uh, rice cakes or something like that out there. Um, you know, obviously a, someone would say a sandwich is probably a solid, a solid, you know, snack or meal, but if it had uh, jam or peanut butter, you rolled it up. You know, there's a lot of moisture in there. Anything with more moisture, I'd kind of call a semi-solid because it's easy to slip down, easier yeah. to slip down. And then obviously liquid, when you're when you're fueling, um, you know, if you if you're taking water, if you're doing a DIY sports drink, or or you're adding stuff that you know that's pre-made, um, you know that that's going to move through your system a bit a bit quicker than obviously trying to trying to chew something. So so mo- moisture for me is king and then always start with the liquid nutrition if you you know if, if you want to get it get it in quicker and, and, and just go slowly with the amounts really. Fantastic dude cheers. We, we we I guess we stayed on that topic a little bit um, for quite a while but there's so much to talk about around that isn't there? So like but no, no, no I think you summed it up quite well there. Just just to move things on a little bit, just I don't want to take too much of the time. No no go for it. We've got loads of time. Yeah, no, yeah, again, great question. I think if, if someone has over, overhauled their diet to say before they, they, they were omnivore eating everything and, and, then, and then they become vegan, obviously cutting out certain food groups, um, I'd always be interested in what have you taken out, obviously, and, and what have you replaced it with? So one, from a calorie standpoint, that's something people don't consider. So have you, you, know, have you drastically reduced calories, you know, say overnight? And if you're someone that's very active, that, that can make a, a massive difference to your energy availability. Um, so, so that's an interesting one that, that people will, will obviously get onto a minute certain vit, vitamins and minerals and things, but I think that that isn't discussed as much. Um, so, so I always consider if you are removing something, what are you replacing it with? And if, if it's not a like for like, then you may have to do a, a bit of prep and, and, and you know consider, consider what's best. It might not touch the side straight away, after weeks, months, especially if you're active, you know you've got you've got quite an intense life load, um, and the stress on the system, you know things could become slightly dysregulated if you've gone three, five, eight hundred calories or so, you know even more with, without really realising it. And not every not everyone wants to get leaner, and that might happen. They yeah. might change their body composition and just not not feel their best. I um, think what you just brought up there is, is a 
really interesting point. And it's something that I've not actually thought about too much. You know, just how, let's say, for example, you, you make this decision to go completely plant-based. And prior to that, you know, you're eating meat, uh, let's say, as an example, like red meats that were quite high, like calorie-dense. Mm. And now suddenly, you know, you cut all of that out and you've lost God knows how many calories mm. trying to perform on the same level. Yes, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I mean, it's just something that... I wouldn't have actually even thought about happening or, or an effect that they could have on me. Yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, my, my, my kind of my work is obviously like rooted in in sports nutrition and performance nutrition. Like that, that I'm a performance nutritionist by trade, and and you just learn straight away that you know e- meeting energy needs is is the, the most fundamental thing um, for performance, and, and obviously you know trying to and staying well, you know, and and not 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 getting. Um, illnesses, infections, upper respiratory tract infections, things like that, things that are going to stop you from training and feeling good and, and being able to turn up. And, and one of them is if someone's completely overhauling food groups um, and they haven't replaced they haven't replaced those foods, you know, those, those calories are, are going to go down. And, and, it, and if it's something that you don't, you know, you don't want to change your body composition, that, that might happen. And, and like you said, your, your output changes drastically. So, so that would be the first thing. Um, and and then yeah, of, of course the second thing that uh, that's probably important to be aware of is 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 a um, uh, B twelve I think is is an interesting one. Um, the, I think the the time frame though, if, if some people have this honeymoon period and it works really well, where they might go to a whole foods approach like we've discussed before. They might eat some of these fantastic plant based foods. They might cut out some some of the other you know if we can just call it rubbish. You know, they might drink more water, sleep well, start exercising and following that kind of lifestyle. And, and it works well short term. Um, it's very hard for me to sit down here and say, OK, when are you going to start feeling the effects? And, and, you know, when do you probably need to start considering supplementing with something like uh, a, a B12 supplement? Because you're not going to be gaining it through, you know, the active forms that we get from from animal products and things. And, and I think even... You know, national vegan societies and things in the UK certainly recommend a B12 supplement. So, so it's so it's it's not it's a known thing. Um, helping with it, on the top line again, energy production. You know, that's a big one. Um, but in terms of when someone should start to do this, the, the best thing to do is, is 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 speak to a GP really, rather than you know taking taking certain things, not knowing what to do. Um, that that's probably the key marker. Um, I think I think vitamin D is another interesting one, but to be honest, a large majority of people um, probably need to be aware of that. And and if and if obviously we're not getting adequate sun between May and August, um, e- even if even if you aren't plant based as well, that's that's probably something to consider. Um, and and again, it, it affects it affects people in different ways because of their their skin pigmentation. So that's a really interesting one. So you may need more. Um, sun exposure or, or more supplementation. For someone like myself, we could assume would potentially need more than uh, more vitamin D than, than yourself, right? Mate, it's, it's fascinating stuff, and there has yeah, there has been some research. You know, there has been some research on this. So, um, I don't know if I could take this leap, but if I went out and we were both doing one of your training sessions, you know, arm arms shoulders out. I know you usually go shirt off, but I'll keep my t-shirt on. <laughs> You know, it could, it could be that I, I could benefit from 30 minutes, whatever, in the sun and, and, you know, absorbing what I need. And, you know, you might have to do more, which which then if we both went inside at the same time, 
you know who who knows how how things then play out over over time it's 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 an interesting conversation um but i know we're getting slightly off off there but i'd say that the the meeting energy needs the the, the b12 is, is is an interesting one um and and the vitamin d is is an interesting one i think calcium is probably another interesting one too i know again people could probably say oh look there's there's there's, there's calcium in plant-based foods and 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 you probably you know can do it and things like that and i'm not saying you can't but if if you have removed some of the some of the calcium rich foods some of the dairy products things like that that used to be mainstays in your diet um that you know that 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 is something to consider and a lot of those foods as well when when we eat it's it's a bit it's a matrix mate isn't it so when you're having some of the so say like uh, milk for example there's there's calcium in there but there's also protein um and and there's also some carbohydrates um and and there's things that there's a real mix so if you're pulling out something like a cow's milk and you're replacing it with something like a plant-based milk of, of course people can do whatever they want but I'll just be kind of questioning the changes in calories uh, the changes in the nutrient profile and and what what are you swapping it with and ha- how are you feeling over a 3 4 5 month period later you know when these things have started to set in you've come over that kind of quick health bump that you've had because you've you've left a lot of other let's just say poor habits behind poor eating habits behind um and it, and is it something you can maintain you know in in the the kind of when when your when your food system when when you're eating isn't isn't close when you're not managing all your food when you're when you're at restaurants when you're in social situations when you're with family you know it's it's they they they're interesting conversations to have um because that that that's when it it can become challenging and you have to obviously really want it and do a huge amount of prep to get it all right yeah i think the key word there that you literally just said is preparation right like it goes back to that that whole the idea of being prepared like i think that if you're going to make that life change or that change to your lifestyle should i say there's definitely going to be like an element where uh or a part of you that that needs to be creative with your diet right you know it's always like trying to learn a new way of eating something that you may not be used to eating like or, or a way that you may not be used to to eating Yeah, you're so right. And I I'm really enjoying doing some of these lives and it's great to be invited to have these conversations because in in this longer form we we can tease tease these things out because obviously on on social media and a lot of these quick posts and things like that there's 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 a lot of these myopic views it's like one way or the other. You know, plant-based this way or um you know whatever carnivore diet that way. But no one's really talking about the the process and if you are going to go and do something the prep that you have to put put in are you going to seek the advice of a professional you know how how are you going to go about doing it and then when you've started to do it for a significant amount of time over a few months how how are you feeling how are you performing how are you sleeping what's it like because your environment your food environment unless you can control everything most people's foods environments then they're not closed you you're going to be eating with other people other people are going to be preparing your food it's fascinating conversations about these 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 kinds of things mate and it's and it's good to tease to tease them out because you can discuss top line information like what like we have there considering calorie intake if you're sw- swatching foods considering things like b12 which we know are important for energy production which are hard to get from a plant based diet but then how you know how do you then start to put some of these things in into place to to try to fill the gaps yeah definitely um i just wanted to 
use actually. I know you mentioned uh, briefly vitamin D uh, just just a second ago, and I thought that'd be a good segue to go into the last question that I I had for you, and that was just about supplements, right? Now, are there or, or rather, what is uh, is there an importance of, of the role of supplements within nutrition, like you know these days? And are there any supplements that you would recommend most people take? It's some, some load, loaded questions. Uh, I think I don't know. I'll, I'll try. I'll try and be quite concise. With this. I think I think the 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 majority of, of these supplements, your body's going to take a little bit of what it needs, and then you're probably going to pee quite a lot of it out. Um, there, there there's a, there's a huge amount of things on the market that that are obviously powerful foods in their own right too. So say you take a, I don't know like a garlic extract or something that that's been touted recently because. You know, the lens has been shone on the immune system due to the pandemic. Of course it has. And people are looking for that edge, you know, boosting immune system, taking garlic, things like that. But but we know in, in its in its food form, you know, it's probably just those kind of things are probably just as powerful. Um, and and there's, there's little evidence on a lot of those kinds of things that are in supplement form to have to having an effect. So if you can, you know, if you can eat them, if you can go back to that conversation where we're talking about colourful foods, the diversity of your diet, you know, that that would be a cornerstone. Um, there is good evidence, of course, on on vitamin D, like like we were discussing, um, but it, you know, it's 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 hard to obviously know exact amounts. Not everyone can can test and 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 not guess. You know, that's a great one to say, but then practically, how do you do that with everything going on at the moment? Um, I know. I know. I think. I think public health England. I think it might be four or five hundred international units. I'll probably. I'll probably get this wrong and be told off later. But there is a certain amount that you can look up that that you know that's recommended to consume through through a certain period of time, like September to April. Um, but if you are you know, if you do want to to measure that, you know, you are within your right to to speak with your GP to do that. And there are companies out there where you can do these finger prick tests and you can tailor your supplementation to that. So I'd say vitamin D is an interesting one. Um, the, 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 the omega-3, the essential fats, uh, that's quite a, a, an interesting conversation because um, in this is just my experience of most people that I work with, I don't know about you, um, very few will consume two, three portions of oily fish a week. Very few. Yeah. Um, so, so, so it's interesting. I, know, from, I find it hard sometimes myself. Yeah, mate. Of course, of course. Like two, two, three a week. You know, the the smash, the you know salmon mackerel, anchovies, um, sardines, herring. You know, they're not. Some people don't like the taste profile. Um, they're you know obviously tin fish is inexpensive, but fresh isn't always isn't always cheap, isn't always accessible. Um, and and you know there's. There's there's two in throwing about about the kind of health giving properties of taking some of these some of these supplements, but I do sometimes lean on the way of if I don't see it in someone's diet, if we've had a conversation, if I've seen a food diary or something like that, and 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 you know I'm I'm quite happy that it's not going to cause any harm. You know that's a key one. Um, if they want to buy it, something like that, it's a nice clean product. I think it might cover it you know a few bases because they're not really taking those kind of omega-3 fats through food anyway so that so there, there are things to consider i think we need to obviously know more about um the 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 kind of health giving properties of them long term there's some stuff on and you know anti-inflammatory prop properties too but i think again that comes back to to just the, the food first and consuming a, a diverse diet 
Um, and then I think the final one that's probably quite important for your audience is obviously protein intake, mate, and protein supplementation. Um, and that comes down to, again, if you're considering uh, body body weight per gram and, and you're looking at some of the research, say you're someone watching this and, and you might be training three, five, six times a week and, and you're looking at, wow, you know, some, some of this information comes out at maybe one, 1. 1.2 to 1. 1.6 grams per kilo of body weight a day. Um, if you're thinking, wow, you know, that for me, that could be 100, 120 grams of protein a day. I'm not too sure that is for you. And if that's a lot of eating... So sometimes, you know, if, if, if the product works well for you and you're getting a quick 30 grams, it's convenient, it's portable, that, you know, there's a decent nutrient profile in there. It gives someone four or five hundred milliliters of water too. Um, that, you know, there could there could be a, a requirement in there. Um, so, so, so that's quite an interesting one. So I'd say, yeah, they're the ones I probably have the conversations about the most. The vitamin D, the, the omega-3, the essential fats and the... Um, the protein powders. Uh, I know it's a gigantic area, but I definitely stand by the first few things I said at the start. You know, with most of it. Yeah, so, so just to summarise that for for everyone as well, then um, it it would be optimal for us to get what we can from food first, right? From from natural food sources first. However, you know, if we're looking at people who might not always have the, the time for whatever reason to to always sit down and consume something like and be mindful about the you know the nutritional value of that thing then that's where supplements can sometimes you know play a good part a role yeah i think so i think if you know best case scenario if your diet's fit for purpose fantastic um but if if you are if you're if you're looking to fill a gap and it it, it doesn't cause any harm you know that that's important um if it's something that you want to add in that you can afford to do that that you know you know the ingredient profile a lot of the time you know what are these capsules made out of what what are the fillers within some of these supplements you know a lot of these companies are, qu- are quite they're great they, they wrap you up in these stories and these brandings and then you look in and you've got magnesium but there's three or four other things in there um, and, and I think it's just something to consider. I think I've mentioned this to you before. And, and when does a supplement turn into a, you know, a food product or turn into something that's a significant part of your diet? It's when you are consuming it daily or every other day. And if you are, then, then you know, I'd really recommend, you know, what, what, what's the kind of nutrient profile of that supplement? You know, is, is it causing no harm? And, and, is, and is there a worthwhile case for consuming it all the time when you might your your nutrition might not be quite fit for purpose and there could be other areas you, you could work on there so it's it's a really right. interesting yeah. process in there yeah no definitely some good points there Matt. um so what i'd like to do now if possible is just move on to some of the questions that people sent in cool um, these are just ones that i've collected across the week i'm going to try my best to get through all of them um, some of them can just be answered quite briefly i'm sure but we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper where you feel necessary, right? So the first one, nice and simple to, to get started. <laughs> what the hell are macros? <laughs> so it's a, mac, it's a macronutrient. So, so, so protein, uh, fat, and, and carbohydrates in there. So, and if you're interested in, you know, again, the, the calorie side of things, you've got protein, four calories per gram, fat, nine, and, and um, carbohydrates, four. And I think the other one that people consider um, are, uh, you know, alcohol sometimes too. That's not a macronutrient. Seven, right? Yeah, seven? yeah. I think to be honest, you know, that 
you're you're cracking at covering off some of those basics on your content, mate. And um, I don't know if there's anything else to that to that question, or is it just literally that? Do you want? Oh, that, that that was literally it, dude. I think it is. I think it is important for us to um, realise as well as I guess as fitness professionals or health professionals that um, that a lot of the stuff that we we talk about on a day to day basis might seem like I guess just just everyday knowledge to us, right? But for people that aren't really involved in this area, or for people that are just starting to take an interest into these things, like it might not be clear for them exactly what these things are. Maybe it's as simple as as we're making out, or maybe there's something else. But I guess that's where the question was aimed in terms of that. Excellent, excellent. Um, let's have a look at the next one, right. Um, this is a good one, actually. When tracking calories, is it okay to balance out your goal across the week as opposed to day to day? Uh, I, I think, I think uh, you have to just practice different methods and see what works for you. I'd love to know what, you, what, what, what your take is on this, Panu, but some people... If they're sticking to a certain amount, um, eat, you know, and, and that's the same each day through the week, um, there's that term reducing decision fatigue so you know reducing a lot of thought processes when you're a busy person if you're sticking to let's say for example Panu's eating 3,000 calories every day and and he knows he can eat up to that amount um, and and he's organized a certain food routine for the week and he's just delivering it and he's and he's putting a lot more focus on other things then of course that can work but if you're someone who's dialing it up and dialing it down in terms of that fuel for the work required concept I talked about earlier you know one day you might be consuming more to, to meet energy needs because you're training harder other days you might be changing it it just comes down to again preparation and how much time and energy and focus you you want to put into it but I, I believe you could get you could get results each way what, what do you think as a coach for that Pani? So I think so it's really interesting obviously I know that that, you, that is your area again you, you always lean in that uh, the, the nutrition performance right but when I see that question I think of I kind of think of your everyday person that is potentially trying to manage their weight mm-hmm. so if I'm working with someone that essentially um, wants to bring their, their total body fat down so you know, they're looking to be in a calorie deficit then then what we do is well, for myself what I would do is I'm, I'm not too fussed how they would want to look at it um, but as long as they stick to that process so um, so basically like if you're not if you're like one day you're deciding that you're going to go day by day, but then something happens, then you're like, oh no, we'll just we'll worry about it to the like you know across the week. I think I'd, I'd prefer for someone to stick to a process that I think works easiest for them. Mm-hmm. But from a from a standpoint of, of weight management, I think that I wouldn't be too fast if someone wanted to manage it from a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah, I think the the, the thing that springs to my mind is. Uh, that say if you put that approach into place can can you do it on your worst day i know we've had a chat about that before um and 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 if you can um that you know that's an excellent coping strategy you know when i'm coaching someone similar to yourself you're you're considering you're considering goals what's important to someone why are they doing what they're doing you're considering uh, the method so ha- how you're doing it how you're going to monitor it and then underneath that, that isn't spoken about as much in, in, in the health and fitness industry is, you know, what, what's the coping strategy here? Um, how, how are you going to make sure you do it when, when you're having your worst day? And then if it is just leading up to a certain number each day and you're not necessarily needing to change it, like you said, for a, for a weight loss journey, that, you know, that, that could be the golden nugget for someone because they're taking pressure off themselves. 
you know, they're, they're not having to sit down and change things and calculate stuff on a daily basis. They're they're just that I'm hope hopefully that you know they're trusting in the method. And, you know, I think that's something where I'd love people just to give give time. I I, I work with people obviously not just in the performance realm. Um, part part of my work is is in digital healthcare with with a lot of pre-diabetics and people needing to lose a significant amount of weight because there's really really high pressures on their health and getting them confident enough to just see a method through for two weeks four weeks obviously longer if we can but you don't want people to work too far forward um, because obviously that feels unattainable and and if they are if they are doing that then if they might weigh themselves or waist measurement or whatever it is if they do trust in the process, they might see some of these data points change. Whereas if they're doing it daily, I'm not saying it's wrong, but that's that's where again there can be a lot of dysregulation there and a lot of self-destructive thoughts, and and Definitely. things can change. So tr- trusting in the process and just giving that one a go. I think the I think that kind of getting people to or, or the whole buy into the system is really crucial, right? Because a lot of people, especially with I guess how the world is today um, we want results we want results quick right but what we what we need to realise is that if we're trying to especially if we're trying to perhaps reverse something or bring something back down weight for example that we need to accept that we, we probably didn't get here overnight right and it's going to take a little bit of a longer time to be able to do it sustainably yeah yeah I, to- I totally agree and, and if people can take stock that's the interesting thing they, they might come to us and, and say I've got this significant event or I've got this uh, and it doesn't have to be performance related it could be a wedding you know they want to change their body composition for or uh, health reasons or they could have something coming up where they know they, they'd like to be leaner because it will help with their with with their running time or whatever and it's like right I've got two months to do this or whatever but you know over the last half a decade they've, they've slowly just you know been increasing their weight, you know, losing muscle, potentially becoming more sedentary and having to turn that tide again, you know, it, it does, as you know, you know the physiology of building muscle. These things take time, you know, fitness um, and, and dietary habits to, to, to kind of help someone be consistent and, and, and move things in the right direction. And unfortunately, you know, the health and fitness industry a lot of the time will compact all that into six weeks or something yeah, like that and the magic pill yeah it's and it, but it's good it's good it's good to have conversations about behavior and i think if you're someone that does get people to look back and think where they've been and where they want to go I, I, i'm a huge believer in future thinking but just being aware of like you said it hasn't happened overnight and, and your body composition has clearly changed your age as well such an important factor you know the, these are the real cornerstones of, of a great coach so it's good that it's good that you, you brought that up, mate. No, definitely. Right, let's have a look. What else have we got on this list? Okay, so the next one is okay. Interesting. How to figure out if you have a food intolerance, or and this person put in brackets suffers from bloating. So do you have any advice that you could offer up to that? Yeah, I think I think they're kind of like. Uh... The the the, fir- the first line um, of of kind of management there would be if you, if you can, um, just record you know record uh, what you're eating and uh, obviously to, before we discussed one on uh, type of food and total you know from a calorie point of view people might record things but 
just just add a simple symptom column if it's on your phone or if it's on on a, on a pad of paper um, and just just learn more, more about the ebbs and, and the flows of it really and and understand if you can identify anything there I think I think that that would be maybe the first line of defense um, and you know really be 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 a food detective in in your own right you know consider um, portion sizes that are setting me off type of foods raw versus cooked uh, the time of day think things like that would, would, would be one to consider um, yeah go on mate sorry so, so, no, I think I think if you're trying to DIY it, like I said, the fir- the first line of defence would be, take you know really trying to take onus and, and doing that and just trying to be a bit more aware. It's not always going to happen because the the, the the system is so dynamic um, and of course and you know how stress will affect things, um, our life load and and that butterflies in the stomach, you know that tight knot in the stomach, all of these sayings that that we know about that happened to us that that we we kind of mentioned maybe before um a significant thing that goes on in the day you know we we know some of those things aren't food related but that can influence our you know how our gut feels so so that so that's something to consider too and that's not easy to get a handle of but if you're if you're at least thinking from the food side of things being a foodie detective if you have that symptom column that's one to consider and then we know from a life load and maybe a sleep point of view, uh, a stimulant point of view, you can have all these little different columns and you can think, OK, let's look at the food. If I'm dropping under seven or eight hours sleep, are my symptoms changing? Um, stimulants in terms of, you know, if, if we're keeping it low brow, let's just say coffee, tea, um, some of the other harder stuff, probably another conversation. Um, but that... You know that could influence things. So if I'm a coffee or if I'm three that day, um, so and then obviously if there's something going on, you know I've got a, a live with Panu at six, I'm quite nervous about it. Say if say if that was the case, and then I have and then I have dinner and I sit there thinking, oh it must have been something I've eaten, but you know I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm trying to perform as best as I can for an hour with you, and then if I have dinner and I think oh it must have been dinner. But, you know, there's been a significant event this evening that, that is probably influencing my system as we speak now. Yeah. So so have, have those columns and just consider. And then if you're ruling everything out and you do then think it's food, then that's something where, you know, you're, you're, you're starting to potentially think about the, the, the second line of defence and then may, maybe having a conversation with, with a, a professional to be like, look... Um, if I am going to do food swaps, I might have tried a few things myself. It's not quite working. And then and then obviously you can try and take things from there. But that first line defense approach, mate, can can you know, you can get a lot of a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. Pe- people can really progress. No, I think I think that's actually really useful for, for as a takeaway for people there. And just to just to close that point off, if if they did that and they were still kind of having no luck, is there what would be the next step for them? You know, is there somewhere Someone you advise and they go talk to. Yeah, I think I think obviously if there's any, look if there's any symptoms like of course you know pain um, you know going even as far as significant changes in bowel movements and things like that the GP's first point of call of course you know to, to rule anything out um, and it's worth having a conversation with something like that too because 
if you can marry up you know the, the the medical side and the lifestyle side that you might be working on yourself then brilliant you're hitting it at all angles um, and then and then on the other side you know there are there are there are these nutritional therapists and things that specialize in supporting someone with their foods you've obviously got from the medical side there's dietitians so through the nhs that side of things um, and then there's there's some private dietitians and things there too so you know there, there's certainly practitioners who will will specialize in in those areas um, but it's probably first point of call going going through gp and, and and then going from there really but if you need any more information i can always i can always you know help 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 people with trying to connect them with the right the right practitioners i'm yeah. happy to do that no that's perfect i think that that gives people like a clear at least some options moving forwards you know if they're struggling with with intolerances or potential intolerances cool let's see right Let, let's see if we can get a couple more in here yeah of course okay slightly different one this time so advice for bulking up if you have a fast metabolism so i'm assuming this guy's obviously talking or girl is obviously talking about muscle mass right yeah, cool. I think maybe we could double team on this one because obviously you, you've got the training stimulus side of things, which is you know paramount, isn't it? Of course. Um, and I think from the food side of things, it's it's not it's not easy because um, a lot of the people that self-report this, they, they don't have particularly high food drive. So that's a term where you might meet someone and their mind's on food all the time. They can't wait for their next meal and they're hungry a lot. You know, so so they will. If if anyone's ever obviously seen the the chap that swam around the UK, Ross Edgeley, you know, I would oh, say yeah. that That's guy. Yeah, I'd say he's got a high food drive, and and he's someone who can go through calories and keep eating and keep eating and keep eating and lifting and training. Whereas other people, they 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 might eat something and then their satiety levels might raise, and they might think I'm actually not that hungry. So I find this cohort of people are hard to 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 work with. They're really rewarding when you get there, but you know they need to be consuming uh, food consistently. You know they need to obviously consider protein intake. That that's maybe something we get into in a sec. But it's it's not an easy thing to say. But you know meal timing is important. Every every two three hours four hours maybe. You know balancing plates of foods, making sure you've got a significant protein source and carbohydrate source in there, and and rate you know raising your calories, um so so that you are getting into the, into that surplus. And it might be tough because your food drive might not be particularly high. You might feel like you eat a lot, but you 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 probably you know you probably can do more so it might be worth actually looking at looking at fats maybe too so we know they're the most calorie dense uh, and fat brings flavor so people obviously think about protein a lot but but fat is calorie dense it brings flavor and that may help someone consume more as well yeah um, I'd, I'd love to hear from you i know i know we can get technical but we could probably stay quite high high uh, you know high bar on this couldn't we speak on personal experiences with this one just being someone that for years growing up when I was in I guess in my teens like I was I was really slim really slept up you know I didn't have much muscle mass on me at the time and when I started my journey of, of I guess trying to put on a little bit of muscle I at the time thought I was eating a lot and now kind of in hindsight I think back and I was like what, what I thought was a lot then wasn't even wasn't anywhere close mm. And I think over time, I'm not sure if this is a thing, maybe you can touch on it, but over time I've developed more of a, more of a, 
it's not been something that's happened overnight. It's just been, I guess, a slow, gradual process of, of increasing my, my calories, like, you know, over months or potentially years. Mm. But I figured that there are different things that I try to manipulate when I'm, you know, when I'm trying to, I guess, put on muscle mass, for lack of a better way of describing it. So things like knowing that I need to eat a certain amount or let's say get a certain amount of protein in, if I'm not hungry, then maybe I can start to lean on things like my protein shakes. And I can do, you know, you can do little hacks like adding in um, oats or a banana mixed in with your protein shake just to bring that calorie, that, the caloric intake up slightly, you know, when consuming these things. And it's, you know, it being in a shake, it's pretty easy whether or not I'm hungry for it, I say. It's just, I can just send it down hatch in one go. Hey, that's, that, that's brilliant when I was, I was just literally thinking of a client case as, as you said that I've worked with a, a young chap re, you know really motivated doing let's just say you know doing enough of the training two two three training sessions a week to elicit the stimulus to help him grow and and from the food side of things we swap we swapped to breakfast so he just got organized enough before work to, to instead of having cereal made, made an omelette with a few things or scrambled eggs on toast. So the, the non-negotiable, like, balanced breakfast was the first one. And then going into work, he's busy through the morning, didn't particularly have anything until lunch, which was brought out. So we planned on, why, why don't you make a bagel the night before and take it to work so you can have mid-morning? So already we've increased the calories at breakfast and mid-morning. And then lunch, he was buying a sandwich or something at prep. Um, and, and because he likes to go there, um, we, we rolled with it. I said, look, there's there's ability to bring a piece of fruit, two pieces of fruit in your bag. Um, they sell soups there too. You know, this was when it was a bit colder. So, you know, there's more calories going in there. Um, and then exactly that, when he was getting home before his training session, we, we utilised a protein shake. We added a few things in there to, to up the calories. And then... You know, we, we, we just had a conversation about a, a, a larger evening meal, you know, taking an extra portion of a piece of fish or, or whatever his, you know, he was quite fortunate his parents were making dinner. So, you know, that compounded over a month and, and the chaps gained 2.6 kilos, mate, uh, which is which is like really, really significant. I think his age is a, is a factor because he's, he's young and obviously the body's like really well primed for that and low training history with lifting weights. But I think that that practical kind of conversation that I've just had there that you've obviously alluded to there about making sure you're consuming more and putting the steps into place. Break, you break down your day and see where, for him it was not an adequate breakfast, nothing between meals, um, obviously protein was, was lower but we increased that and then an extra portion that was already available at dinner but especially on training days where he had trained before dinner I knew that he'd go into dinner feeling hungrier so so we on those three weight training days we were adding an extra smoothie we were, we were adding an extra portion at dinner when I knew he'd be ravenous after his session so the timing was really important as well so yeah. like as you found as you're training more and eating more that compounding effect was, was helping. Definitely. I think it's really important to note as well that uh, I think you touched upon it earlier, like that these processes, the process of building muscle mass, take time. Like these things happen significantly for you to notice over years and years, right? So it's hard for someone that I guess already has in their mind that they are potentially, uh, I guess uh, you could call them like a hard gain, for lack of a better way of describing it. Just to try and think, like, well, well, if I change this, how much effect is it going to have? You know, is 
it's yeah. really hard. I think that's where you just have to kind of trust the process, right? Yeah, of course. And, and if you are setting up a meal pattern like you've mentioned and that I've mentioned, like you said, staying with it. Um, and I know this is probably your you know, your area of expertise with, with the training, but, um, you know, just cr- creating the, the tension, you know, muscle tension, that, that metabolic disturbance and, and, and breaking muscle down. Um, I didn't I didn't obviously write this training plan with this chat, but we just talked about, you know, are, are you taking time with your lifts and creating tension? And, and that was another one where we addressed the nutrition. It was appropriate. He was already sleeping well, which was great. Um, and just a conversation about about just taking the time. Rep ranges and things, you know, I didn't mention it. I was like, look, you want to do 12, 15, 20, whatever. But have you ever, have you considered how long you're holding the weights for yeah. on the down phases? And they were the, you know, they were the things that, that's not my area of expertise, but I know from the physiology of building muscle and pairing it with nutrition, how we can create more tension and, and, and you know, create a metabolic disturbance break down muscle and then feed appropriately for the recovery and regeneration you know so that that for me is like and then and then as a coach you're trying to package it up to be to to be like the practical recommendation is basically then holding the weights for longer make sure you prep your bagel and and you have your and you have your and you have your omelette and then and then make sure you've got uh, your protein powder and, and and your frozen fruit and your stuff you know for your smoothies three days a week and go, so, so go, to, go to the supermarket and you're like, I mean, no, 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 Rather than kind of the um, like the, the time your muscles are spending under tension, you know, like how are you loading the muscles? Like yeah. these different forms of intensity all matter, like not just the load itself. Yeah, yeah, mate, you're yeah. so you're so right, and I think it's applicable for people training at home. I know you've got an incredible setup, but say with my, <laughs> you know, with my one or two like weight weight weights and things that aren't too. Yeah, get creative, right? Yeah, they aren't they aren't heavy, but if I I'm just looking to maintain muscle, you know, I just I'll just hold them for longer, you know, hold, hold them for longer, and that duration and, and load, you know, it's, it's really well researched, and, and, if, you, and, if, and if, you're, if you're finding it hard to add load, or it's not safe, or like you said, you haven't connected with a coach like yourself to be able to speak about load, you know, du- duration of, of, of the reps is, 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 is so interesting, paired with the appropriate nutrition, you're going to do really well. 100%. Dude, let me get one more in and then we'll and then we'll close off today's session. All right? cool. um, let's have a look. Uh, okay, fine, right. So let's touch on something slightly different. Should we be eating brown rice, pasta, etc., as opposed to white or you know your white counterparts? Like you know, is there how much of a difference is there and and yeah, I'll let you go from there. Oh, that's a good. That's a great question. I wish I knew the the the, the fiber content, um, so I could reel off some numbers. But I think if you if you looked at I don't know brown or whole grain compared to compared to white, mostly I think I can hang my hat on saying you know there might be a higher fiber content, and and we know from uh, some some of the research around the gut and and around uh, mood and uh, health markers and satiety, like we've mentioned. 
that that might be and and blood sugar so so metabolic regulation you know look, looking after our physiology long term so we can avoid some of these you know some of these things that like diabetes and things that that you really don't want um you know what why not um con- consume some of those foods that, that have been shown to to be quite beneficial on you know on those systems um that that's that's definitely something to consider it might make you feel fuller um, and then, uh, and then I think on the other side of things, with with some of the, the the white rice or bread or things like that, taste profile people might enjoy more, which is absolutely fine. You have to enjoy your food. They're also a canvas for putting so many other things on. So it's not like you're just eating that in isolation, unless you just love those those you know those types of foods. Um, and then I think from a absorption and a, and a, a sports performance point of view. If you are leading up to something like we discussed, Pani, with your run the next day, we, we know the white stuff might absorb a bit quicker. So so again, it's 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 food that's fit for purpose. And I'd say, could you know, could you consume both? And 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 um, you know that that variety for me. Um, I, I don't know about you, unless unless you know you you're eating single foods and, and you like eating single foods. I assume you you know you put other things on the plate. takeaways for me today is that your, your your overall dietary pattern you know really if i as as a practitioner nutrition practitioner i'd like to consider what are you eating generally weekday weekend day and what does that look like over a month two months and that you know food is a matrix there's nothing in isolation there because there's so many things going on that are contributing to so many things in the body that it's hard, like you said, to say, oh, that, that white rice is, is bad compared to brown, because you're probably consuming so many other things with it, and you have throughout the week, throughout months anyway. So if people can take away, you know, it's, uh, food is a matrix of nutrients generally, unless you are someone that just eats bowls of, you know, plain food, which I assume most people don't. So yeah, having less self-destructive thoughts around there, if you can, um, would, would would be great. And obviously, you have to you have to enjoy your food too. Um, you know that 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 that's a massive one. Um, but the you know the diversity side of things is 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 a great place to start. And and variety, you know, variety is 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 brilliant. Really, I think I think that can really help. So both both the white and brown and things like that. You know, not necessarily not necessarily saying good or bad but it takes time to to consider those things and eating is a learned behavior we all have different relationships with food um as as you know as you know as everyone knows listening to this and it's just taking stock about that really on a personal level do you have a preference 
What for me? Um, I think uh, there's two sides of it for me because if I know like uh, I'm quite into my, my running and stuff as you know so I when, when I'm loading up I do enjoy that I do enjoy those days where I'm getting those 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 let's just say you know the, the whiter kind of carbohydrate side the higher GI I know we haven't gone into GI but some of those stuff I love loading the tank because I'm greedy but then other times I, I, I do feel the effects of if I'm generally trying to eat a high fibre diet lower fat diet for me I feel I feel exceptional, so it really it really does help. So 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 yeah, I think I think older Matt now in his thirties would say both, but I think younger would be yeah, no way would I be touching any of that stuff. <laughs> what well, why are you? Oh, dude, honestly, like I'm I'm team white rice. It has to be, and that, and that <laughs> is purely off of flavour profile alone, taste profile. I just I, I, you know I can eat I can eat brown rice, but I just I just don't get it. Like, it doesn't taste as good. Like, I can yeah. drop a white rice, like, it has to be white well, rice. Well, that's it, mate. Eating's learned behaviour. There you go. There you go. So it's yeah. not just us messing around. That's, you know, it's important what you've, what you've grown up on. That's really key. No, definitely. Uh, Matt, uh, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up there, but honestly, thank you so much for joining me. Like, I, I always, always, always love chatting to you. Like I said before, like, whether it's on, on one of these channels or just, just me and you alone. Um, yeah. Just before you go, um yeah no it's been great thank yeah thanks for the opportunity to do this and um yeah hopefully people have found something useful out today i think i i tend to release an episode weekly or bi-weekly um it's called big feed up hq i've had you on before panu and uh yeah it's it's good we can have long form conversations basically like this 30 minutes to an hour um, and my, my Instagram really, um, that you're obviously on, if you're watching this, it's kind of for times when I'm, when I'm not working, um, as a nutrition practitioner, I'll just throw in what I may be doing before work, my coffee, um, a bit of my training and fun and stuff like that. So, uh, I haven't quite started to use it for work purposes yet. So you might see some random cooking videos of me just messing around. If you're a foodie, you'd love it though, right? Yeah, ho yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But if you're looking for like nutrition practitioner Matt, then just uh, probably Matt, mattgardnernutrition.com or just, just email me on mattgardnernutrition and I'll, I'll always try and help straight off the bat if you, if you have any questions or comments. And if I, if I don't know them, I've got a really, really good extensive list of, of other, other colleagues and contacts that I can refer you to. Excellent. Good luck, mate. Enjoy, enjoy your, uh, your 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 meal this evening. Hopefully, I haven't cut you off too much. And uh, nah, yeah, mate, I'm really enjoying what you're doing as well. So keep it up. The lives are fantastic. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you. Cheers. Right, lovely people. That was a bit of a marathon. We covered loads there. So I hope you found it useful. And if you like the show, please share it with someone. It's the only way the show will grow. The show is supported by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. So if you're interested in fueling, in recovering, and you want to do it naturally, then use Matt10 at checkout to get 10% off your first order. I hope you find something useful. Speak to you soon, people.